Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Isn't it so good to be able to worship together? Even though we can't be here in the building, it's so good that we can still do it, that we aren't stopped. Now then. This morning, I didn't send a message out, but if you want to join in with me this morning, all you need is a piece of paper. No scissors, nothing. We're just going to get folding. So if you like origami, now's your time to shine. Go and grab a piece of paper. Whilst you're doing that, I'll babble so you've got time to go and grab it. I hope, families, that you're enjoying our Lent resource that we sent out. Don't forget about it. I hope it's been a huge blessing for you and your family as you explore that together. I hope it's lots and lots of fun. So do keep going and do let us know how you're finding it. Are you enjoying it? Let us know your most exciting parts of it so far. And also, hopefully, parents, you have seen my message. I've got so much response. It's so amazing. We're starting a very exciting new project with our Gateway Kids, all to do with worship, because our children are wonderful worshippers. And we're doing an exciting new project to help them flourish in their worship together. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you haven't heard this, then maybe put something in the chat, or you can email kids at gatewaywirral.com if you'd like to know some more information and get involved in that. But we've had such a great response so far. I'm so excited to get started on it and see where it goes. Okay, so this morning, I'm going to take you on a, on a sort of a journey of our, of our lives with, with God. And we're going to start right, obviously, at the very beginning and how we were created. And we were created by God. Hopefully you know that. And we were created out of love, full of the rule of love. We were loved into being by God. And God looked at us and he continues to look at us and he is so proud of us. He loves us so much. And I want parents, think about your children. I think about when you look at your children and do you look at them and think, meh, hopefully not. Hopefully you look at them and you think, wow, aren't they amazing? Maybe because of lockdowns and homeschooling, maybe your attitude towards them has changed, but hopefully not. Hopefully you still look at them and you think, wow, they are incredible. They are so beautiful. They are so intelligent, so compassionate, so gifted. You think they are absolutely incredible. And you know, that is just a fraction of the way that God feels about them. And that is a fraction of the way that God feels about you and all of us. He created us. He loved us into being. And he thinks we are absolutely incredible. 
And right from the very beginning, he, he had a plan. He had a, a prayer for our lives that we would eventually, and this is why you need a piece of paper, that we would eventually be with him for, for all of a time, that we would live in his house. So we're going to fold our paper into a house. Now, are you ready? You're watching. Now, grab a corner and line it up along the bottom. There we go. Fold it there so you've, you've got nearly, nearly a triangle, but it's got this extra strip down here. There we go. And then you're going to, for, I see I'm terrible at folding this in midair. This is terrible. There we go. Now you're going to fold it over again to give yourself a little roof. And can you see you're making a house? Here we go. Okay, so this is, this is to help us remember that God wants us to, to live in his house in heaven with him for all of eternity. But I think along the way, things went a little bit, a little bit sour. And, because God gave us free will. God wants us to choose to love him and, and choose to be in relationship with him. And, and so he gave us free will. And sometimes we don't make the best decisions. We've talked about this many a time. We don't always make great decisions. And so things went a little bit wrong. And, but then all throughout the Bible, we have these stories, like of the stories of Noah and Abraham and Isaac, where God continues to make promise after promise after promise. And we can see now, looking back after all this time, God keeps his promises every single time. So we know that the promise and the, the prayer that he's prayed over us, that one day we would be in eternity with him in his house, in heaven with him. We know that he's pretty serious about that if we choose him. And if we choose to follow Christ. And now, now God is so powerful. He could get us there in all sorts of ways. Let's turn our house now. Let's turn it into a paper airplane. Let's fold it in half. Here we go. Fold your house over. Ooh. And then fold our wings back on themselves. No throwing at your siblings or at mum and dad, Okay. Here we go, let's open it up. Now, God is so powerful. Maybe we think of him bringing us up to heaven with us. Maybe he could send down a big airplane and he could scoop us all up and we could go off to heaven. But is that how we get there? That's not how we get there. Maybe. Now, fold it back over. Do a little bit of tearing all the way down and open it up. Maybe. He could put us in a big rocket ship. That would be pretty cool. You send down a little rocket ship, load us up, straight up. And that's how we could go and be in, in God's house. That's how we could get to heaven with him. But that's not him. That's not how he's going to do it. Instead of doing all those things, God did something way more powerful. God sent his only begotten son, his only son that he loved so dearly. He sent him down to die for us on the cross. And that is the only way that we could ever, ever get there to heaven. If we accept Jesus into our lives and we accept the salvation that we've been so freely given. That is the only way that we can get to heaven with God. That is God's prayer over our life, that, that we would recognize him, that we would accept him, that we would love him, that we would choose him, and that we would be able to spend eternity with him. And he's already paid the price for it. 
We've got the keys to heaven and it's Jesus. Jesus went to the cross. He died for us to give us salvation so that we could get there. And all we need to do is accept him. Do you think you could do that? And now hopefully a lot of us already have this morning. But if you haven't, that's what I want for you. That's what God is desperate for, for you. For you to choose him, to accept him, to to realize that you have been chosen and that you have been saved. And there is a place for you in heaven because of this. Because of what Jesus did for you. So that's my prayer for you this morning as well. That you would recognize God's love for you and that you would choose Jesus this morning. Thank you. Our deepest longing and our foremost prayer that each and every one of us would know this incredible love of Christ Jesus and that we would choose him in the same manner that he has chosen us. Look, it's a wonder, isn't it, that we get to choose God. It seems, it seems almost um, you know, presumptuous, doesn't it, that we might have that possibility. And it is only possible for us because Christ has chosen us first. Did you know that God loves you? Did you know that God loves you? Hey, come on. Look, in a a short time, I'm going to be sharing in a moment. We're going to be able to be in this building here, and I can see some hands waving in the building. That'll be wonderful. But right now, um, if you're at home, and if you know that God loves you, can you get a little bit excited about that? And uh, and, and just allow just the very thrill of this reality uh, to lift you and energize you this morning. Look, if you don't know about these things, come on. Grace has shared that so clearly for us this morning. Embrace the love of Jesus. He embraces us, and he is so incredibly good. You know, in a moment or two now, uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time in prayer. And um, as we come to pray together, um, as we did um, last week, I'm going to invite you to, to share your prayer requests here in the chat. I've opened up the chat, and I can see, see a little bit of energy there, a little bit of excitement about the love of God. Um, woo-hoo, and a little, a little dancing emoji. I can only imagine, Primrose, the dancing that is going on in your house right now. Um, but as we come to pray... Um, I really want to encourage you, um, do please um, post your prayers in here, not just so that I can be praying, no, but so that we as a church can be praying one with another for God's grace. You know, we're so delighted, aren't we, that we've been praying um, for for Marge, um, and, uh, you know, we were praying last Sunday for her. She remains in hospital, but she's been improving dramatically, and I think, if I'm right, I think that she's actually online with us today. So, praise God. Isn't that good that God is bringing her through this season? And, um, and we trust and we believe in a God who answers prayer. I want to share just a couple of things with you for us as a whole church uh, before we come in to pray and pray about some specifics that you may have. And, um, and just to, to share with you a little bit of the plan going forward through Lent towards Easter. On the 21st of this month, Sunday the 21st, we are reopening our building here for in-person worship. Um, we're going to continue with the online, of course we are. We want to bless you and so many others with that. Um, but we're going to be open in person as well. And I know the people that I'm speaking to, and we had our church meeting on Thursday, and you know, so many of us, we're going to be thrilled just to be able to be present with one another, to see one another. At the moment, uh, we do have to abide by some of the restrictions that we have currently in terms of, obviously, social distancing and mask wearing and, and hygiene. And please don't come if you're in any way concerned about your own health. Um, at the moment, we're, we're not yet able to sing all together in the building, uh, but we've got some plans, so, you know, bear with us. 
but we're looking forward to being present with one another on the 21st and Sundays from then, um, which is going to be really, really exciting. Um, now, just coming back one week to the 14th, that's next Sunday, we're restarting then um, a rhythm of our church, which is integral to who we are, that we're a church that not only gathers to celebrate God's goodness and to be inspired into what's next, but we're also a church that goes into that what's next. And we actually scatter in our transformed communities, those mid-sized groups uh, that encourage one another, grow together and go together in the mission of God. And on the 14th, we're restarting our scattered Sunday. That is, we'll have no gathering here on Sunday morning, and there's not going to be a full gathering online either. You want to be with your transformed community. If you're not yet part of one, do please message us now. Send us a connection card. We'll help you and bless you and encourage you with that. You're going to want to be with your transformed community that morning. In the evening, we continue with our online communion at 8 p.m., and we're going to be sharing stories of what God's been doing. On that scattered Sunday, we're going to be prayer walking in our transformed communities. We're going to be going through all the different neighborhoods uh, that we are living in and working in, and we're going to be praying for people. Why are we praying for them? Well, because we love them. But we're praying for them because we're wanting to see God meet with them. And here's something else I want us to pray about right now. After Easter, we're going to be joining, in fact, with well over 130 Elim churches right across this country, and many more churches besides, I know, in the Alpha Course. And within every single one of our transformed communities, I pray, and we, we might start new communities just to facilitate this, we're going to be inviting our friends, our colleagues, our families to come and find out who God is, what He's done, and how they can know Him. So, um, come on. Get off your couch and let's get into prayer together. <clears throat> Excuse me. I might need a glass of water if somebody can help me. Thank you. Um, so we wanted to pray into all of these things as we journey forwards. Um, and do please, like I said, pop in all of your prayer requests now. Um, I can see um, you're, pray, you're, you're praising God for what he's been doing in Marge's life. Um, and do please put in all your prayer requests. But right now, come on, let's get to our feet. And we're going to pray into all of these wonderful, <clears throat> excuse me, opportunities that we have going forward in Jesus. You can hear my voices going a little bit. So you're going to need to take the heavy load here. But come on, let's lift our voices and we'll praise God. Jesus, we thank you that you have met with us. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, as we've been singing this morning. You know, death was arrested and our life has begun. This is the work of the cross, of your resurrection power that is alive in us, who are yours. And Jesus, our heart's desire is to celebrate these truths, these realities. God, we're looking forward to being able to celebrate these things in person together. We're looking forward to Easter coming, Lord God, when we can celebrate that you are alive and that we are alive in you. Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that God, not only will we, this be our own celebration, but God, we will be people who are going, going to those who don't yet know, going to those who haven't yet received the fullness of new life in Jesus. God, would you put upon our hearts right now those that we're preparing to invite to the Alpha Course coming up, 
Lord Jesus, would you encourage us as a church to be connecting with one another and preparing for prayer walking next week and, and listening to you, Spirit of God, as, you, as you're moving us on your mission. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray into all of these things. Lord Jesus, as a church, we're, we're, we're receiving these requests from, from those around about to be praying for peace amongst one another, to pray for one another, for healing. We want to be praying for all students as they're returning to school this week. We're going to pray for their, the peace in their hearts and their minds. We're going to pray for security and safety in their schools. We're going to pray for their teachers, that God would bless them and supernaturally provide for them. We want to pray here for Anne's dad, not well in a care home, 97 years old. God, we want to pray for him. We want to pray for all those who are in care homes. Lord Jesus, we're praying, God, that you continue the good work that you're doing and that People will be able to visit and care home soon and, and that older people will know that blessing. Lord Jesus, we lift up all of these prayers and more to you. God, we trust in you. God, we are thankful to you. And Lord Jesus Christ, as we come around your word now and we consider what it is to pray and to listen to your heartbeat as we pray, Lord God, to listen to your word as we pray. God, we ask, you change us, move us, renew us. Lord God, would you bless us that we might be a blessing in this world. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, uh, brothers and sisters, church. And if you are putting your prayer requests on there, I would encourage you, look, just have a look on the chat and be praying for one another. Would you do that as we continue through our time together this morning? This morning... We're beginning a new um, series. Thank you. Um, we're beginning a new series. And it's entitled Pray and Go. Pray and Go. Now, I, I, I know um, that through this pandemic season, we've seen, um, and the evidence is all the way through our society, a, a renewed interest and an appetite perhaps, maybe just because of desperation or a particular need for prayer. We as a church, um, very early on in, in this um, season, we put up some banners on our building saying, try praying, and we've distributed books, little guides to prayer, and we've given away well over 100 of them to people who just happen to be passing our building. Um, the statistics show us that, that people are, are Google searching prayer um, in increasing numbers, that there are so many folks who are asking, look, I'm in desperate need. This world is broken. There must be more. And people are asking um, how they can pray. I don't know about you, but um, I found myself praying and praying in oftentimes some very simplistic ways. We joked about it a little bit um, in recent messages when we've been talking about the life of Elijah, that, that kind of well-known prayer of uh, Anne Lamott, which is just um, help, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, there's a little bit extra to that is wow, wow, wow. And um, you, know, you, you find yourself just praying simple prayers of desperation. At the moment, we're probably all praying, aren't we, um, that things would continue to go as well as they are presently. Um, praying for all those wonderful health workers who are distributing the vaccine and all of the other work that is going on in society to try and bring about an easing and, and, and returns to relationships and community and and, and for people to be able to work and, uh, and meet with one another. You know, I, I was thinking about this earlier on today. I feel, you know, 
I'm going to Star Wars references. I, I do this from time to time, and you all look at me blankly if you're here in the building. I'm just going to go because I can't see you. Um, but you know, there's that moment in Star Wars A New Hope, and they, they were on the Death Star, and they're coming on in, and the team leader, he's saying to his, his, his team, he's saying, keep on target, keep on target. Anybody know, anybody know about this? You know about these things. Excellent. And, uh, and all of the blast fire is coming in, and, and ships are going off everywhere, and, and Luke is going down. Anyhow. I'm not going to spoil it how it goes for you. But our prayers are just, come on, keep on target. We want things to continue. We want things to go well. God, help us. We're naturally predisposed to pray. We're naturally predisposed, especially when things are tough and times are hard. And we recognize that we are insufficient in and of ourselves. And we reach out. As Christians, we reach to God. Now, I read of a, a preacher's five-year-old daughter um, who um, was, she noticed that her father, he always paused and he bowed his head for a moment before starting his sermon. And one day she asked him why. Well, honey, he began, proud that his daughter was so observant of his messages. Yeah, that, that's for you, Judah and Nora at home. You know, listen up. Um, but he, the, 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 the preacher was proud that his daughter was paying attention. And he said to her, I'm asking the Lord to help me preach a good sermon. And she reflected for a moment and looked up at her daddy and said, how come he doesn't do it then? That's a shocking blunt thing, isn't it? Oh my goodness, terrible thing to say to a a poor daddy, um, let alone a preacher daddy. It's a silly story, no truth in it whatsoever, obviously. Um, But it, it kind of illustrates what many of us might feel all too often when we consider prayer. You know, we yearn to pray. We, we know we need to pray. But sometimes we, we think that prayer is just something we observe the professional Christians doing. A prayer perhaps is only to do with spiritual things, to do with, to do with preaching or, or other such kind of spiritual matters and not for the ordinary things of life. Sometimes we just think that prayer doesn't seem to work. It is a silly story, but there are some not so silly realities for us maybe when we feel these realities when we when we believe these um, untruths we feel then frustrated even saddened at our lack of understanding at our lack of connection with God at maybe we've just given up but the Bible tells us in 1st John 5 14 this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Confidence, approaching God, asking him, talking with him, he hears us. How can we have such confidence or closeness, effectiveness in prayer? But we're going to start at the beginning today, before in subsequent weeks we go further. Before we open our mouths in prayer, we want to listen to God. Before we start into our own heart cries, today we're going to realize that God's heart has been deeply calling to us. For all time it's been calling. Before we come to pray into our mission for life, we want to better understand today the missional prayer of God for us. Max Lucado, he puts it really well when he says this, our prayers may be awkward. Can I get an amen? Anybody ever feel awkward in prayer? Well, they may be awkward, he says. Our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference.
We want to turn our hearts, our eyes, our, our voice, and our ears particularly toward God. It's in the one who hears it. In the Old Testament of the Bible, in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29, uh, the Bible gives us this helpful insight. The secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of his law. You see, God is a mystery, and he is a revelation. He is utterly beyond our understanding, and he draws near and shows himself to us as well. You know, whilst we will never be able to fully comprehend or see God until we have that opportunity to see him face to face when Jesus comes again for us, yet he has revealed his nature, his word, his missional purpose here in this world. So, if we are to know how we should speak in prayer, how we should commune with our God in the conversational wellspring of life, if we are to know how we should be changed by submission to his will, how we are to intercede on behalf of the last and the least and the lost, how we are to lament the agonies of a broken world and broken hearts, if we are to know how to pray, then we need to know how God speaks, how he speaks that we should listen, that we should know, that we should know him, that we should see his good will and live in it. What did Deuteronomy say? That we may know what is revealed and then we may do all the words of this law. To speak, we need to listen. To listen and to learn. To learn and to love. Richard Foster, who knew a thing or two about prayer, he put it like this. Real prayer comes not from gritting our teeth, but from falling in love. Is anybody up for falling in love this morning? Anybody up for falling in love with a God who reveals himself, who speaks that we might listen? We're going to come again to worship this beautiful, uh, this wondrous God. This God of mystery and revelation. This God who is speaking to you right now, even as he is speaking to me. And right now as we come and, and we worship God in song, we're wanting to say, Holy Spirit of God, would you speak to us? Speak and make us listen. Tell us what it is you want us to, to know and, and what it is you want us to do about it, dear God. Move us in your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on, let's worship God again before we come to share more about God's word over us. Now we praise God that he's a God of promises, promises that still stand. He is a God of faithfulness, faithfulness that is greater than any of our circumstances, faithfulness that has been greater than our faithlessness. We praise God that he's come for us, even when we've distanced ourselves far from God. God is so good. 
And we're going to continue to think about how it is that this God, how it is he speaks. We're going to um, consider what we're kind of thinking of as, as God's missional prayer this morning. In the beginning, in the, uh, the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, we see a God, uh, or rather we, we hear a God, um, because he is a God who speaks. He's a God who reveals himself in words. Words aren't just some abstract concept. They appear to be something of the very nature of God. He creates with his eternal almighty word. He speaks in the act of creation. He speaks profoundly in the act of the creation of humanity. He speaks of us as those who bear his very image, as those who then are spoken of by God as, as stewards or even, even vice regents of his world. Now, let me explain. Genesis 1, reading from verse 26, it talks of us like this. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. When God was talking about people having dominion over the creeping things, um, that, that was for you. That was not for me. Uh, it was the word of God. You can have the creepy things. Um, anyhow, uh, the Bible continues. God created man, humanity, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Come on, let that just sit with you for a moment. God blessed his people. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This is a profound thing to speak into being, a profound word that God speaks over people. As one of my study Bibles sums it up so well, it says, all of these insights can be put together by observing that the resemblances, that mankind is like God in a, in a series of ways, all of the resemblances allow mankind to represent God in ruling and to establish worthy relationships with God, with one another and with the rest of creation. Uh, did you realize the powerful potential God has spoken into your creation to resemble and represent God himself, to be in right relationship with him and one another and the whole of the world? God has spoken his blessing over the people he has made. And yet into this context, we know as the Bible makes clear, all falls. Or more accurately, Humanity, we who God has spoken so well over and into, humanity rebels against God, wrecks his creation. We all have sinned. We all fall staggeringly and devastatingly short. Yet even then, we recognize that God speaks to us. He speaks again and again. And, you know, in the first instance, he's going to speak promise and hope. He then speaks morality. He speaks boundaries because he is not finished. He's not done with the people of his creation. He wants us to remain, be maintained, and even in him be sustained such that he might come and save. God speaks that we might listen. 
this being primary to the foundation of good relationship. And if you don't listen, you won't have any good relationships. If you don't listen to God, you won't have good relationship with him. And into the context of sin, even there in the garden, Adam and Eve having rejected God and his ways, even there, God speaks. He calls out for them. He speaks, not to find them or to know what they have done. He knows all these things. He, all of it is as evident to him as our own breathing is to us. It's, it's that known to him. No, God speaks because he chooses to seek renewed relationship with his sinful people. Just yesterday with the sun shining, um, as a family, we decided we'd go on a bike ride. And, um, you know, we, we do this every six months. We're like, bike rides, they're good. And then we go on a bike ride and we're like, yeah, six months will do it. Um, and that's why my entire family, we, we're kind of walking around at the moment like we could be extras in the Magnificent Seven. Um, it's that kind of thing going on. But anyhow, we, we go on a bike ride and, and Nora sits on this little seat just in front of Erin, kind of, you know, strapped on there, you know, duct tape and whatever. No, not really. It's more better than that. And, and Judah's on this kind of like tow-along bike at the back, and he's brilliant at it. He, he just took to it so, so well. But it was a decently long bike ride, and we, we're kind of on the way back, and, and what I do is I call out to him. Now, you know, obviously, I could look and see that he's there, but I call out to him, and I want him to respond, because, I, you know, I want to know what's going on with him, and I want to hear it from himself to me. Now, that's just me as a dad to my son. God, of course, knows everything. I, I don't know everything, but God knows everything, and yet he still calls out to us. He wants that response, and even if we've got it wrong, even if we've got it wrong again, even if we're broken and hurting, God calls out to us. Into the context of Genesis, God speaks the consequence of sin. He wants uh, us to be as offended by sin as He is, and He wants us to return to Himself as children to a father. He wants to discipline humanity as a good father would, so that we don't damage ourselves and the relationship we have with God. He speaks the frailty of sinful humanity so that we are prompted to turn from death and decay and to run again into his rescuing arms. God speaks a promise of justice and renewal, redemption, restoration. In Genesis 3.15, God says, I will put enmity between you, that is Satan, between you, Satan, and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And, and here, just in this kind of moment of, of speaking, just a glimpse into what God is going to be doing through his saving work, um, God is saying there's going to be a battle here, um, but there will be a hope. There will be a victory. God speaks that he will conquer sin and death. He speaks his great salvation. Now, time doesn't permit us this morning to run through the entire Bible to see how God continues to speak his work of salvation and restoration. Look, if you want to do that, hey, you're in luck. We just spent a large portion of last year going through the story of God. You, know, you can head to our YouTube channel or get the podcasts and, and listen to the whole story of God's work to rescue and restore. But in brief, let's see how God speaks. 
You see, God speaks in providing for his wayward children. He speaks to a man then named Noah and to his family that God might wash the world clean. He speaks a promise evidenced in a rainbow that he will never destroy the world again. He speaks calling another person, Abraham, and his descendant. He speaks of a family. He speaks of a nation for himself. He speaks into this nation, these people. He speaks promise and provision and purpose. He speaks a law that human sinfulness might be contained and and, and shown for what it is. He gives a means of sacrifice by word of his mouth so that it might be covered. He speaks through prophets. He speaks in judges and in kings. He guides and he guards his people by the power of his word to us. And yet in spite of all of these wonderful words of God, the basic trajectory of the Bible through the Old Testament is that humanity won't listen. Or in hearing, we won't take to heart. Oh yes, there's one here or there who will listen all the time. God bless them. And even many more will listen on occasion, but nobody will listen all the time right across the piece. We hear, though, we don't understand, and we aren't changed by God's words alone. We are fallen, and God speaks again. He speaks lament over fallenness. The prophetic books of the Old Testament are full of God's words of lament. You know, consider for a moment Isaiah chapter 1 as an example. And there, hear, O heavens, we, we read, and, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel, that is God's people, does not know. My people do not understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. It goes on. And the Word of God comes as a lament over the brokenness of His world, over the distance of His own people. And you hear it, don't you, as family heartache of a father longing for his children. Now we read in the news, don't we, at the moment of everything that's going on with the royal family and, and whatever you might think about the rights and the wrongs of the situation, at its heart, it's a family drama. And they hurt most keenly. Here, the heart of God, the father, hurts for his children. God has spoken. He has spoken his resemblance into his representatives. He has spoken to them in relationship. He has spoken hope of salvation, even at the point of the the direst need. He has spoken a nation into being. He speaks law and sacrifice. He speaks his lament. He speaks with tears. All this in itself is revolutionary, yet even more wondrous will come not only the interaction with a personable God in his words, but that those words and the speaker himself will come close to us. We're going to worship again for a moment or two right now. And as we do so, I want you to consider this God who has spoken through all of human history. And even in our point of most desperate need, 
even in our brokenness, he speaks over us with his tears of love. God speaks over you. Let's listen to him, shall we? response perhaps to what we've been hearing so far and and as we continue on I would encourage you uh, make those words more than the words of a song you hear uh, make them the heart cry of your life to God you're running into the arms of a God who speaks over you and here now as we uh, draw into our concluding part of our thinking this morning we're, we're meeting with a God who who doesn't just speak over us, but a God who comes close to speak to us. And we've seen this um, a little bit again in the life of Elijah that we've been considering in recent weeks. And, and there he was, wasn't he, hidden in that, that cleft of the rock on, on Mount Horeb. And, and there's, there's fire and earthquake and wind. God isn't in these things, although he causes them all. But God is there as he's Elijah is called to listen in that still, small voice, that, that whisper. And he beckons him close to speak. Now, that was an instance, a moment for Elijah. But, but here in the Bible, as we continue, we see that God comes to everybody just that close. And he comes in the person of Jesus Christ. In John 1 and verse 14, in the message paraphrase, we're told about this, that the word, not only just our word of God, but the word, eternal, existent, this is the very nature of God, the word, we're told, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That's personal, isn't it? That's close. It continues that we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. And here is the very representation, the very embodiment of the Word of God, of God himself in the person of Jesus Christ. God, mystery and message comes to us in this new way, this way that we can then see as well as hear a word that we can touch, a word that will touch us to the very depths of our being. God has come close, flesh and blood close. And how does this enfleshed word himself speak to us? Well, he speaks tenderly, yes, and with humility, but also with great power and authority. He speaks a renewal of the promise of God for humanity and creation. In Luke chapter 4, we find Jesus, the Word made flesh, and He's there in the synagogue, and the scroll is unfurled, and He, he comes to, to speak the very Word of God in the way that only He, God Himself, could. And He says this in verse 18 of Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You remember we said in those Old Testament prophets, they would speak of the lament cry of God. You know those prophets, they would speak of, of all of the, the brokenness of the world as well. And they would say, this isn't what God wants. 
God has more. He has better. And, and here Jesus comes, the word made flesh, and he, he takes those words of the prophet and he says, it's here. It's now. It's today. It's in me. That's what Jesus is saying to us. He is the fulfillment of all of these good and gracious words of God in himself, the word. You know, just this last week, um, the chancellor got up on Wednesday, didn't he? And he talked about in his budget all of the plans and ideas and ways of spending and all these kinds of things. And, and he, you know, they're, they're talking about how they want to achieve a better society. And the only means that they have is, is money or, or sometimes the lack of money. And, and then, you know, some people say, oh, that's wonderful. Other people say, oh, that's terrible. And this isn't a political statement. It's just to say that people try to form a world with inadequate tools. But God comes to bring his view, his promise of the kingdom to come. And he says, yes, it will come. And it will come through the word of God, through Christ. It will come through the power of his spirit. And then in Jesus, it does come. And all the things that he said on that day come true. They come true in him. They come true in those who are his followers, his people who come to be in him. What wonders Jesus speaks, God's own mouth. And in verse 22 of Luke 4, we, we read that all then spoke well of him. And they marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. They said, isn't this Joseph's son? And they saw a bit, but they heard a lot more. And they wondered, this word is incredible. The word of God that renews all things to save and to heal, it's so good in itself. But the words of Jesus, they sounded good to the hearers. Jesus, he spoke the challenge of repentance, but the people were willing to hear him. How about you and me? Look, if you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus, when we speak of God, are our words gracious like the words of Christ Jesus? Are we good to listen to, not dull or confused or, or bitter or empty? Oh, to hear the words of God and to pray like him, to hear God's appeal to humanity and to be able to appeal to the world like Jesus. And so lastly, we come now to the prayer of Jesus in the garden, and he's contemplating the cross and its horrors. And all of the missional prayer of God with all of its promise and purpose and, and tears and sorrows and all of its prophetic intent and all of the kingdom to come, it all comes to be fulfilled at the cross in Christ and in his resurrection. And there in John 17, Jesus prays. He talks with his Father. What does Jesus pray? And in verse 8, he says, I have given them the words that you gave to me. And, and in one sense, he's saying that I've given them words that can help them to believe in you, Father, that they can be saved. Look, Jesus has said and done and been everything that is necessary for you to be saved, for you to come back to God. Will you hear him? And in another sense, these words that Christ has given to us then are the words of salvation that we can speak into the world. And Jesus, he prays this over us. In verse 11, he continues, keep them, that is his followers, in your name, which you have given me, 
that they may be one, even as we are one, to be in the name of God. Oh, what a word, what a powerful word, the name of God. And he, he speaks over us this possibility of security, uh, of sanctification, of being made holy in him. He speaks the promise of the church to be one in him. This is incredible. Verse 17 continues with that theme of sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I am sending them into the world. And God speaks over us saying, look, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Protected, you're preserved by the hand of God and by the word of God so that you might be sent. Christians, we are sent by the word of God, by his word of love. It compels us, it moves us. And Jesus concludes, or, or almost in verse 24, he says, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory. Does anybody want to see the glory of God? Anybody? Oh, to see the glory of God. Jesus says, the glory that you have given me, Father, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. God wants more and more and more people to know his word of love and of freedom, of salvation, of hope, to know God's glory, to be with him eternally. And so God, he speaks these words into us. Indeed, he comes into our lives if we will follow him so that more and more and more may know the word of God, his prayer of mission. Now this morning, the purpose of everything that I've been saying, and if, you know, if it hasn't made sense, please forgive me, but let me just make it plain now. The purpose of everything that I've been saying is this, that you may fall in love with God. That you, that I may fall in love with God. Look, I've said you can begin in prayer from your point of need, point of desperation. Hey, it's not a bad place to start. But if your whole life of prayer is just about what do I need or what can I get, you will not be sustained in prayer. What will sustain you in prayer? If you fall in love with the one who has spoken over you. That's it. And that's everything. Fall in love with the God who speaks. This God who breathes your salvation. Who prays the hope of your restoration to his care. Who is word made flesh. Flesh that was brutally wounded so that you and I could go free and be made whole again. God has a mission. And he speaks it. He prays it. He lives it. He dies for it and he rises again so that we may join in this prayerful conversation, this missional conversation. Famous philosopher Kierkegaard, he put it like this, the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. And this is our foundation. Change our nature, God. We want to hear you. We want to be like you. 
We want to love you. Church, will we be changed this morning? Will we be changed in the days and the weeks and the months to come? I've shared so much this morning and you know, we've talked about Scattered Sunday next Sunday and our, our transformed communities. We've talked about being here in the building as well as online and the joys of that. We've, we've talked about Easter to come. We've, we've talked about Alpha Course and all these kinds of things. Look, these things are beautiful. Uh, none of them have really anything like their meaning unless they're rooted in conversation of love, God with us us with God. Look, none of these things have anything like their power unless they're rooted in the prayerful conversation that says, God, I thank you for your missional prayer over us, that you came for us, word made flesh. God, would you move us to pray as you prayed, to, to, to love as you loved, to go as you came. Come on, let's pray before we sing as we close. Jesus, we thank you this morning for coming to us. Jesus, you came to seek and to save the lost. God, we were lost. Maybe some here this morning listening or the days to come listening, they say, I am lost. God, we thank you. You have come for us. Jesus, we would hear you today. We would hear you and respond to your heart of love. Jesus, we need you. Not only that, but God, we want you. We long for you. Help us to love you even as we have been loved. Jesus, we pray yet more that you, God, you've prayed. You you send us as you were sent by the Father. God, we want to be people who go in that sending, who who are willingly commissioned by you, full of your power and spirit. We want to speak as you spoke, Lord Jesus even as we continue to listen to you. God, do this work in us, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. If you need prayer this morning as we close, just click that tab and request prayer. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you. We're live on Facebook tonight for communion at 8 p.m. And God bless you as you go in the prayer and the mission of God. Amen. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.